Amen. Thank you very much. Well, if you've been here before, if you've been around here for a while, you notice we, we're doing things backwards today. We're flipping it around, just flipping it over. It's good to, good to mix it up a little bit. We're going to receive communion at the end. And for the children, the children are going to be coming back in. Amen? So just so you know. Turn with, your, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, still in the Hebrew or the uh, faith series. And uh, I want to start here. This has been our, our uh, starting verse for weeks now. And uh, want to continue with this. I'm actually going to finish last week's uh, message on uh, a patient endurance, and uh, then we're going to do something special. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 1, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their, their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So I've been making statements as we go along each week, each uh, sermon series, or each of the, the, the sermons within the series. I've been making statements. The first statement was, faith is trust. Faith is trust. Faith isn't a big, super spiritual, ooey-wooey uh, uh, thing. It is trust. You're trusting God. If you're putting your faith in God, you're putting your trust in Him. I trust Him. Even in, in offerings. We heard this a few weeks ago when Pastor Peter uh, did the offering sermon. He said, we're, when we give into the offering plate, it's just saying that I trust you so much, God, that I'm going to take this amount and I'm going to give it to you. And when God says, well, I, I want you to give X amount, whatever X is, X could be uh, a little bit, it could be a lot. Remember, Jesus said that the widow's might was, was everything she had. That was huge. It isn't about a financial number, but it's about what is God's asking you to do, and I trust him. She trusted God and put everything she had into the offering. Now, one time in my life, once, just once, one time in my life, the Holy Spirit said, give everything you have. Clear out your bank account and put it all in the offering, just once. And I've, never had, I've never been led to do it since then, and I just did it automatically. I went out the next day, I got it. He told me to give it to something specific, a very specific thing, and he said, take, that, take everything you have and give it. Now, I'm not talking thousands of dollars. I'm not even talking about millions of dollars. I'm barely talking about a couple hundred dollars. But it was everything I had. Literally, I mean, just it was everything I had in my in my account. I emptied out my pockets. I gave everything to this specific cause, and ever since I've been I have been blessed. Not because yeah, you know, it's the amount. It's it's because I obeyed. We talked about that last week. So it's it's about I trusted God that he, I, that He was going to be able to supply my needs even if I gave everything that I had. We He we trust Him to in, in every area of our life. So that faith is trust. Then we talked about faith is an expectation. I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting, when he, when he made promises to me, I'm expecting him to do it. You know, we, we can expect him. He said, test me in this. Try me in this. Put me to the test. Now, it's not put me to the test. Well, we'll see if God pulls through this time. No, it's just I trust him. I'm putting my faith in him that what he said he would do, uh, that he's going to do it. 
That's, that's faith. Faith is, okay, God, you said that you were going to do X, Y, Z, whatever X, Y, Z is, and then I'm just expecting it to happen. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm faithfully looking for it to come to pass. That's how we can put it into action. Faith is an action. Faith is not passively sitting there going, well, I hope it happens someday. Faith is action. We do something. We put our faith into action. It could be, uh, you know, that the Lord says, someday I'm going to make you a great business owner and I'm gonna, you're going to be able to, to deal with millions of dollars in your business and you're going to bless people and you're going to bless your employees. Well, that's great. So when I, once I graduate from high school, I'm just going to sit and wait for that to happen. I'm just going to sit here and wait for, for God to give me a business that I can make millions at. I'm just, I'm just going to, okay, I'm expecting it, God. And every day you just sit there. No. If you're going to run a multi-million dollar business, what should you do? Go to work. Number one, go to work. Go to work somewhere. Go to work. Put your hand to the plow. Do something. You know, some of the greatest, greatest business owners that have ever lived worked in the, in, the, in the basement, and they worked their way up. I remember my dad telling me, and my dad worked, it was a, a factory worker, but he said in, at Hormel in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Austin, Minnesota, he said, every one of the sons of George A. Hormel started out on the kill. He worked in the factory. They all, they all worked in the factory. Now they, over their life, became presidents, vice presidents, ran the company. But they all started at the bottom. He said, you, you need to work. You need to know how the business works. Go to work. Kids, go to work. Now I know most of you are. I know, I know. They're looking at me like, hello. Some of them are the best coffee servers I've ever met. They're wonderful. <laughs> They're amazing. They're so nice and so pleasant and they're helpful. They're awesome. People, but going to work, but then you should also get an education. Now choose wisely where you get the education, but get an education. So you have to start doing something. You start moving. Faith is an action. And this last week or last week we started talking about faith is patient endurance. Because God says he's going to do something. God is always telling us. He's always giving you a plan. He's always putting something in your heart. He's always leading you in a direction. But we have to trust that if it doesn't happen immediately, that we're going to wait it out till it happens. And I don't mean wait it out, sit there and do nothing. I mean wait it that you're going to be put your hand to the plow, you're going to be faithful with what he gives you, and you're going to get to work. You're going to start with, and if it takes more than a week, <laughs> that you don't give up. Don't give up. If it takes more than a month, a year, two years, five years, you know, if you, if you give up after just a few weeks or even a, even a couple of years, you know, there's, there's people in sports that train and train and train and train for years for a two-minute race. I mean, they train years and years and years for that opportunity that when they are in that moment, they, they jump to it. Well, the same thing in real life. 
When God has given you a promise, if you're not ready, if you're not waiting and expecting, if you're not expecting it to happen, when it happens, you're going to miss it. If you quit, I've known people who have quit days and or maybe even weeks ahead of when God was going to reveal the whole thing. I've watched it happen. The Holy Spirit told me one time through a, a man of God, he actually had to call me out of a crowd and prophesied over me. And he called me up and he says, he goes, if you're not in the right position, if you're not where God tells you to be, because I was getting ready to leave. I was getting ready to quit. I was getting ready to walk away. But the grace of God put that man in my life. And he said, if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're going to miss God. And he gave me the example of a, of a, of a football player playing in the, and you're standing on the sidelines going, coach, put me in, put, put, put me in, coach. I'm ready, coach. I'm ready. Put me in. And the coach just keeps going, just hang on, hang on. Just, put me in, coach. Put me in. And then you get into the fourth quarter and all of a sudden you go, skip it. It's fine. I, I'm done. I'm not putting up with this. And then I, you know, and I left the stadium and all of a sudden the, 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 the uh, uh, coach turns around and goes, where's Neitzel? I need him for this play. Would have been the play that would have won the game or it would have solved the problem or whatever. Where did he go? Oh, he just left. He quit. Don't quit. Patient endurance. Walk it through to the end. If you have children, <laughs> if you have children, patient endurance is literally crushed into you. <laughs> Because you know that they have potential. And you're waiting for the potential. You're waiting for that potential to just finally come out. And if you give up on them, you're going to miss it. God doesn't give up on you. Praise God he didn't give up on you. Praise God he didn't give up on me. Praise God God has endu patient endurance. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, loves you, and He's patiently enduring with you. He's hanging on. He's going to do it. He's gonna, it's going to happen. I know that they're going to. I know the prodigal son is going to come back. I know the father is saying, "I know he's going to come back." I'm looking. That story is amazing because the, the 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 prodigal son's father was standing looking for his son. He was expecting him to come back. Even though everything about his life was not saying he's, he's going to sort this thing out. But the, the father, the good father, is look, he's expecting, but he's patiently waiting. And then when the moment happens, when he sees his sons coming over the horizon, what does he do? He goes for it. And that's what you do. By faith, when you, when you have that moment, when, when everything starts to happen, then you run, you, 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 you nail it, you, you go after that thing. But that's a later sermon. Patiently endure. We ended up last week with these questions. How many of you have been waiting for a long time for the promise of God to be fulfilled? God has put promises in your heart. He's, you've seen it in the Word. You, he's spoken in that still, small voice. You've, you've just, in your prayer life, God has said you're, He's going to do X, Y, Z. And, and you've, been, you just, you've been waiting 
There's a promise. There's a promise. The Lord, the Lord told me something on a mission trip one time. I was in this building. I was in a specific building, huge building. And the Holy Spirit said, one day you're going to lead a, 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 a Bible conference in this room. I remember standing there and all of a sudden it just, I mean, it was so real to me. The Holy Spirit, it was just clear. The Holy Spirit said, you're going to lead a conference in this room. It's in a foreign country. Well, that was over 15 years ago. No, close to 20 years, well, almost 19 years. And I just keep thinking about it because it's, it's one of those things that's out there, way out there. I was like, I don't know how that happens. I'm not just going to go there and, and rent the facility and just throw a conference so that the Word of God can come true. No, it has to be His leading. Because if I go do it, what's going to happen? Nothing. Some people might show up and you go, eh. But you wait for God, and all of a sudden, one day, I'm just—I'm I'm expecting it. I, every year, I, all the time, I'll, I'll think about it. Go, oh, that's going to be so amazing! And I see myself there preaching, and I—I I think about it. I pray about it. I pray that the, God's hand will be on. So I'm doing my part, just like you need to do your part when you—when God tells you something's going to happen with your kids or with your job or whatever it may be, your marriage, then you—then you do your part. You start speaking life over that thing. You start speaking hope. So when COVID happened a few th few years ago, and they said they're shutting down everything, I'm like, I, I can tell you, that's not the way the world's going to be forever. I knew it wasn't going to be like that forever. I knew there was going to be return to travel, international travel. Why? Because that hasn't happened, and for me to do that, there has to be international travel. Right. When I've dealt with some health issues, and the Satan's going, and Satan's saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going, no, you're not, because that hasn't happened yet. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a part of that. Faith, by faith, you do your part. You patiently endure. You wait until, and then you're expecting it any day now. Now, now you have to be careful. You can't go, tomorrow, it's going to happen tomorrow. Because if it doesn't happen tomorrow, it's a disappointment. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, they, there's actually a, a psychological, for those of you who have read the same book I read, it's called, it's called the Stockdale Principle. Is that right? The Stockdale Principle. Pardon? Nope, no, Stockholm, something different. <laughs> That's what happens in, no, I won't say it. It's the Stockdale. I think, his, I think his name was, uh, I can't remember what his first name was, but he was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And he was asked at the, end of the, at the end of the war after he was released, they said, they said, how did you survive? And he says, I always had hope. I always had hope. I always had hope that I was going to go home. And they said, well, but a lot of guys had hope. And he goes, that's the difference. And now it's called the, Stock, the Stockdale Principle, I believe it is. Pardon? No, it's the Stockdale Principle. Never mind. I'm moving on. <laughs> Thank you all for playing, but no, that's not it. Stockdale, Stockdale principle, whatever, doesn't matter. The principle is this. He said the guys who didn't make it, that had hope, they were going, I'm going home by Christmas. We're going to go home by Christmas. Christmas would come and go, well, I'm gonna, we're going to be home by Easter. And then Easter would come and go, we're going to be home by the 4th of July. And he says these guys would have that would put dates on these things. They'd put time limits on it, and they wouldn't go home. They wouldn't get released. And every time it happened, they lost a part of themselves. 
And they ended up not making it. They died, you know, they gave up or whatever. And he says, that's not what I did. What I did is I'm going home. I'm going to go home. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I am going to go see my family. I am going to go home. And he says, I never put a date on it. Same thing with with patient endurance with the things that God has told you is you say, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. I don't know when we'll have 24 actual actual functioning operating churches it could be uh it could be uh what was 2027 how many years math help me with math 27 is now is 20 four years it could be in four years but what happens if it's four years and one day did god miss it no no he said he said this is what i want you to do I want you to, 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 to fill the St. Croix River Valley with the glory of God. I want you to plant 24, or have a network of 24 churches by 2027. Okay, that's what he said. Okay, so what if it takes an extra day or two, or a year or two? I mean, if we get to 2027 and we only have 20 churches, and we miss, you know, it didn't happen by four, is, does that mean that God failed? Of course not. Or that I failed. Now, I'm not trying to give you excuses. I'm expecting it to happen. I, in some ways, believe there's going to be 29 or 30. I mean, I'm, I have, I'm actually thinking God is God's able to do way more than I could ever hope, hope, think, or ask. But you don't put this unrealistic expectation on what God said. You let Him fulfill it. You let, but you do your part. So what do we do? We do our part. We talked about that last time. We do our part. We, we, we encourage people to go to Bible school. We encourage, people to, we, we encourage people to go through MTC and get trained up on how to do, how to do ministry uh, beyond that. We, we, we get involved. We've gotten involved with the Karis Bible College, and we have interns coming in this summer. And that's the exciting part. I'll tell you ahead of time. We get to introduce some of our interns that are here with us this morning, and they're going to be a part of the service. And... But you start doing those things that it's going to take to make it happen. Because God didn't say, sit on the stage and wait for it to happen. He said, go to work. Put your hand to the plow. Do something. But then you patiently endure. You keep enduring. You keep persevering. You keep moving towards it, but you're fully expecting. But if it doesn't, have we had some ups? Absolutely, we've had some many ups. Many ups. How, what was the most, most number of churches we've ever had operating at one time was how many? So it was eight or nine. And now we have six. Well, five. Oh, I, I, just, I just slipped. There's going to be a sixth, just so you know. This year, this year, there will be a sixth. But I can't tell you anything about it. So you have to keep coming. We'll, we'll let you know more about it. And there might even be Seven. It's very possible there'll be seven, and actually there's a really good possibility there could be eight <laughs> by the end of this year. God's good. God is, God's moving. Even when we don't see him, he's moving. He's moving. And what do we do? We just keep being faithful, and we expect for things to happen. I expect, there, there's been things that, have been, you know, and so we've had highs, but we've also had lows. 
We've had to close some churches. That's not what we signed up for. God didn't say go out and, and, and close a bunch of churches. No, but, but in the process, real life happens, guys. And there's days where you have the victory, and it's awesome to have the victory. It's wonderful to have the victory. But there's times also when it seems like you've had defeat, when you've had a, a, a setback, three steps forward, two steps back. But at least you still made one step forward. Keep walking. Keep moving. Don't give up. Don't give up. Even in the setbacks, you learn something. I've learned more from the setbacks than I have sometimes from the victories. Sometimes it's the struggles. I don't want, I didn't sign up for struggles. Apparently I did. <laughs> because, because we're living. We're human beings. We live and there's going to be victories, but there's also going to be some setbacks. And if, we aren't, if we're not locked in, if we're not... We're not focused on not quitting and if we if we give room if we give room somewhere that it's okay to quit guess what'll happen you'll quit if there's room for it you'll quit i don't know i don't know why i'm on the military example list today but i read the books about about the guys who started buds week who started the the navy seals and they said they said what kind of a person survives and, and becomes a navy seal and he said it's not the people you think of that it would be it's not the greatest athletes it's not the best swimmers it's not the, 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 the captain of the football team. It's not the, it's not the most successful person out there. I mean, even though they've gotten done some amazing things to be successful, they're not the ones that, you're, that, they, that the instructor's look at and going, yeah, he's going to make it. It's the ones who go in there and say, I don't care what it's going to take, I will not quit. I will not quit. I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what they say to me. I don't care what that happens to me. I don't care how unfair it is. I don't care. I don't care what is happening out there because my goal is on the other side of this and I will fulfill it. As far as it is in my ability, I will fulfill it. I won't quit. I won't quit. Marriages. Why do marriages fail? Because somewhere down deep, you leave a room for the idea that well, if it doesn't work, we can always do something else. No. Don't quit. Don't quit. Well, what if it's unbearable? There's a lot of things that are unbearable. <laughs> oh. I saw a thing one time that says, marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. So is being single. <laughs> single is hard. <laughs> Having kids is hard. It's painful. <laughs> it's just... It's, but man, I can't think of not having kids. That would be hard. That would be hard. Very hard. Exceedingly hard. You know, life is hard. <laughs> the reality is life is hard. Praise God that the Holy Spirit walks with us. He's our helper. He leads us. He guides us. He gives us the ability to do this thing. He gives you the ability to be a spouse. 
He gives you the ability to be a parent. He gives you the ability to be an awesome child. He gives us, he's walking with us and he's getting us there. We just have to cooperate with him and be patiently enduring that this is going to change. It's going to be, we're going to get to the other side of this. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to 2 Peter. And we're wrapping, I'm wrapping up this sermon and then we, we get to do some fun stuff here. 2 Peter chapter 3. Beginning with verse 1, this is Peter writing to the church. He says, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, 2 Peter 3, 1. Beloved, in both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of, re way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continuing are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. There's going to come. It's already here. Where is he? Where is he? How come he hasn't come back yet? My goodness. About over 20, almost 30 years ago, I saw a comedian standing on stage ridiculing Jesus. He's going, where are you? Come back. Come back. If, if you're really God, why aren't you here? Why didn't you come back? Why are, and he's, he's mocking God. He's, I mean, it was, when I saw it happen, I, I just wasn't expecting it. And it just, I mean, it, it just, it almost dropped me to my knees because the, the, I knew what he was doing. He was, he was blaspheming God. And within a year, he was dead. I was like, mercy on him. Well, There's, there are people who don't believe it. They look at this and go, there, there is no God. Come on. Look at the world. Look how bad it is. Yeah, just think how bad it would be if there wasn't a God. Because according to the Word, according to the Bible, in Noah's time, every thought and every intention of every human being, except probably Noah, was evil. That's how bad it can get. For they deliberately overlook the fact, this fact, that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that, are now, that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Verse 8, but do not overlook, overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That is God's will. God's will is that everyone, every human being comes into 
the family of God, into the kingdom of God. He is not slow. God is not slow. Time means nothing to him. It means everything to us. It's all we have. But he lives outside of time. He is the God of time. He is, he is, it's time is not his Lord. He is the Lord of time. He can do anything instantaneously. In a word, he can make it happen. We could wake up tomorrow morning and we have 30 churches. I don't know how it would happen, but God could do it. It's, it's not about timing. It's not about any, it's about we have to believe that he is God. And we go all the way back to the very first statement, then we need to trust him. How can I stand up every week? How can I do this every week? How can I do this throughout the week and just keep moving forward? Because here's the deal, I trust God. Now part of it is, I don't have any other choice. Because I can't do it. None of the things that God has promised us can we make happen. We can make something that looks like it, but we can't make it happen. Only by allowing Him to be Lord, only allowing to tr- or only trusting Him, will we ever see the fulfillment of any of the promises that He has given. So don't give up. Amen. Don't give up.